Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here today with our guest, Joey Schoen, who is the Assistant Director and also a classroom teacher at Dodge Nature Preschool in West St. Paul. And um, Joey, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dodge, because I think it's going to frame our discussion today about outdoor learning. And um, Dodge has a really unique opportunity for kids who attend to... Um, experience things in a really lovely way. So why don't you take some time and welcome Joey. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. It's always good to talk with you. So uh, we call ourselves a nature-based preschool here um, at Dodge Nature Preschool. We are fortunate to be situated on uh, a section of a nature preserve. So we have access, we have our own school building, but we also have access outside our playground space to about 100 acres of a variety of habitat farm, forest, prairie, creeks, those kinds of things. So we get to be out um, exploring the natural world pretty much every day with kids. Our model uh, has, from the beginning, we're about 20 years old, has been designed that kids go outside every day, uh, even in Minnesota winters, for the most part. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, it's, it's, it's a unique context, but we've certainly talked with lots of educators over the years about uh, spending time outdoors. And we firmly believe that it's something that should be available to all children and all educators and can be adapted to whatever someone's situation is. Uh, not that I know not everyone has an ideal uh, setting to work with, but there's always something, right? That people mm -hmm. can do. You gotta, you gotta frame it from an optimistic place. That's great. And having been to um, Dodge on days when there is inclement weather, Joey is not joking. They're, they really get out there. And um, one time, I remember my first time when I went to do just, I was going to, we were going to talk about something going on in your classroom. And, and um, I had left my boots in the car and uh, my scarf. So I went back out and got it and bundled up and that's where we were. So um, I, I'm excited today because I think, you know, for for our listeners to be able to really understand the positive benefits of outdoor learning and why it's so critical will really help them then look at their own experiences that they're providing and say, you know, am I giving kids what they really can have? And um, I loved what you said about, you know, you got to use what you can, you can really have access to. But I think um, in our conversation today, you're going to touch on some of those things that um, in our first part, we're just really going to talk about the benefits and, and planning for that outdoor space and learning time and looking at your outdoor classroom. And then we're going to do a part two that's also going to just really focus on some of those things like figuring out a change of scenery, figuring out how to combat boredom or those challenges that might come up, and then how to do it in a green way, going green. So I'm excited to talk with you, Joey. So why don't you just maybe jump right into some of those positive benefits that we find from outdoor learning? Absolutely. Um, hopefully people can feel it in their own bodies when they step outside that, you know, there is that sense of sense of space and relaxation that I think happens, hopefully, to just about anybody when you go from an indoor to an outdoor outdoor space, you can kind of feel it in your body. And I think that the children can too. Um, there's been any number of research uh, studies done over the years that, that have shown now pretty conclusively that there's, you know, there's a calming effect to being outside. Uh, they've seen benefits for kids focusing their attention. Kids with ADHD um, do better after time spent outdoors. It's a stress reducer. 
Um, it's also just right healthy to be, you tend to move around more when you're outside and it's healthy to move around. So you've got all mm. those health benefits of just being a little more physically active. Um, not that it's only about physical play when you're outside, but that's definitely a, a part of it. Um, so again, I think the research is pretty strong that has been done over the years that we just know it, it, it's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. And I'm a big believer in trying to remember that it's good for those things for children. And it's also good for those things for educators because yes. we're all cooped up together if we're cooped up. And, yep. and I think to, to think of it as something as a caregiver that you need for yourself too in the course mm-hmm. of a day. And so how can you make it something that you can also enjoy alongside the children and remember that those benefits are there for you too. I mean, when you think about, for me, when you think about being in a classroom that maybe, you know, maybe it's kind of noisy. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a lot of stimulus happening throughout the day you feel better when you step outside. It's not, nothing's perfect, but you, you, you have that sense of like, okay, you know, the noise is, is more spread out or I've got maybe sunshine on my face. Right. Yes. Um, so I think to try to own those benefits for ourselves as caregivers as well, um, mm-hmm. knowing it's good for the children, but I think we have to, again, embrace that for ourselves too. Right. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. And so when you think about planning for that time outside, what I think so often can happen in an in a early childhood setting, because of just out of necessity, you get your one 30 minute slot yep. and there you go. And, and so, you go. and, and so how do we address the needs? And, and so I, I, I know you're going to talk a little bit about um, meeting those physical needs and, and kind of understanding ways to plan for the learning related to nature. But just starting there, what are some things that you tell folks when they ask that question? Because I'm sure I know you've presented at a lot of conferences on this topic, and you've also been on other podcasts too, but um, that, well, well, how can I, as an educator who just doesn't have the ability to say, I have, can have as much time as long as I want outside, mm-hmm. um, What's a response to that? Well, make the most of what you have, I guess, would be, you know, first response. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I will leave it to the listeners to decide if they want to fight for more. I mean, I've certainly talked yeah. to colleagues who have struggled with this and tried to come up with more creative ways to use their their time and their space. And that's maybe another conversation. Um, yeah. But then I think I think the more you're then planning becomes even more important. Um, mm-hmm. So like, oh, I only have 30 minutes. Well, simple things like if we kind of forgot to take care of bathroom needs before we went outside, well, now I probably have 15 because I'm yeah. running it, you know, running in and out, not able to supervise kids as well because we're, our ratios are changing or, mm-hmm. oh, so-and-so needs a coat. I didn't think about what the temperature, I mean, it sounds simple, but like, I didn't think about what the temperature was going to be. And now running back and forth, getting extra gear for someone to be warmer or they're not having a good time. And now my 30 minutes is not pleasant because we yeah. weren't prepared. So I think in a way, knowing that you're limited, would also just reinforce that you you do need to to plan ahead for what I and mean, again it's simple stuff like yeah what's what do you think the weather is do you have what you need do the kids have what they need mm-hmm. um can you know um and if not then do you have a supply to to for the kids to borrow and for and for teachers I've had plenty of student teachers show up and we're going you know kind of like your story about the boots yeah. we're going out and I look over and you know they've got like tennis shoes and it's yeah. snowy winter and I'm like well how ready are you really to mm-hmm. meet the kids' needs if you're going to be reluctant to, like, walk across the snow to help them or, or what have you. So I think that sure. that is part of that preparation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, um, so I think it becomes even more important if you're, if you're limited in your, in your time. And then maybe the other piece I think goes into preparation. Is there something 
that's causing you a concern that you can address before you go out, whether, you know, it could be the behavior of the kids, but I'm even thinking of, I don't know, oh, you know, it's so hot, uh, we're going to get a sunburn, um, those kinds of practical things that, you know, can you educate yourself? Can you prepare? Do you have a plan for, oh, is there a shady spot? We've got hats, we've got sunscreen. I don't know. Again, a lot of this Mm -hmm. sounds simple, but it can really kind of undermine the the limited time that you have. Yes, very true. And And attention. And attention. And I think, you know, truly, so when you and your classroom team get ready for the day, before the kids even arrive, are there kind of those touch points that you make sure to connect on that when, when you're, you're thinking about planning for being outdoors for a good chunk of time? I mean, you talked about the gear, mm-hmm. you talked about knowing the temp, mm-hmm. um, other things that, I mean, do you take into consideration the individual children in your group mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they handle mm-hmm. the elements? <laughs> yes, 100%. I mean, you know, the kids in the winter who won't wear mittens, you know, yeah, what, right. there's, there's a variety of plans, but what is your plan? And, and maybe you've got to have the strategy of which teacher is going to help the, the kid who, who might need it. And yeah, to, to plan for what's going to go wrong, just like you would in, in any situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or um, trying to think of another example that might be more broadly applied. Like just today, we were going on a walk off our outdoor space. So it's a bit of a bit of a sidebar from what we're talking about. But uh, we knew there was going to be water. There's a, a, a little creek, very shallow creek, and we knew they were going to want to go in it. So maybe it's as simple as if there's a puddle and you know yeah. they're going <laughs> to want to go in that puddle right? because it just rained. Are they, do they have boots that they can get wet or shoes that they can change out of, or it's warm enough and you don't care, but I mean, right. You just, you kind of know the situation you're going into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, I think these things just sort of, uh, doing the work at the beginning helps with whatever you're, you're going to encounter when you're out there. That's, that's really helpful. I think too, um, you know, thinking about, um, the, how you present to can communicate to parents about the needs of your outdoor time. And mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it just, you know, early on in our podcast about having that stash of kind of extra clothes for staff and, and kids or extra yep. boots or extra pieces of, you know, gear. So that if, if necessary, you do have something that you can pull out to say, oh, I can help you. Yep. Your shoes are all wet here. Let's put on these puddle boots. That's going to, you'll have a lot more fun. Um, yeah. So so that's kind of the pre-planning. And now you look at your space and you think, okay, I want to see this as an outdoor classroom. What do I do next? What do our listeners need to do next to really prepare for that? Good question. And I, I, this, this is something I've been thinking about a lot as we've been preparing for you and I to talk. And I think that um, I went back to my training before, you know, before coming into the field. I don't think it's something that we talk about how to, how to set up your, what, what to how to supervise when you're outside, what, what your role is as a teacher, how to prepare that space. And so I think you go and you often, it's like, this is what you have and maybe mm-hmm. you're sharing it with other people. And so you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can change something um, because if I put that there and then the next class comes, I mean, yeah. so I think there's a lot of really legitimate challenges to um, adapting your outdoor space and thinking of it as an outdoor classroom. So maybe you have to think about, you know, what's the most portable thing you can have. And maybe you mm. just start with, maybe you start with just a bag that you as the teacher, right. I've got the kind of, you know, tricks in my bag that we can use when we're out there. So I think, um, anyway, I just want to acknowledge that I think they're, they're challenging spaces because yes. we're often not really in charge of them, right. Oh, buildings and grounds said you can't walk over there. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not allowed to 
do that. I mean, you know, so yeah, anyways, there's bigger conversations that need to probably happen, but again, focusing on what you can do is what can you Mm -hmm. have with you? And so I think, um, thinking of what kinds of experiences do we offer indoor? We've got our centers, right? We, and maybe we can't duplicate a hundred percent, but when I'm setting up my indoor environment, I'm thinking, are there opportunities for creative play? Are there opportunities for uh, creative expression like art or possibly writing sensory play, even building and all these yeah. kinds of math activities. So, okay, is that available in my outdoor space? Yeah. And kids will find it. Kids will make it. I mean, yep. if you, you know, if it's not there, but what can you do to enhance it? Cause maybe, you know, they're looking for some more opportunities. If challenges are coming when you're, when you're outdoors, maybe you need, maybe they need, um, you know, a, a wider variety. Maybe the kid who's kind of pooped would love to sit and look at a book with you and they yeah. don't have that option. So, so what can you kind of, what can you get together? Maybe step one is what's in your bag. I carry a backpack with me. I have, I mean, you know, it's just paper and a folder and some crayons, but I can mm-hmm. kind of whip that stuff out. Maybe I've got some books that I don't really care if they get wet yeah. or dirty. Uh, perhaps it gets, uh, maybe you've got some materials. Again, you may not be in charge of how much wear and tear you're allowed to have, but you know, is there a, a crown that they can wear and then they can be the princess when they're up in the cat? I mean, just, mm-hmm. there are some things that you can, you can bring to add to that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what can you, what can you have with you that, that, that might be something that, so if you can't, if you can't add things permanently, what can you take with you, put away, take with you, put away. Right. So that's, yeah. um, and then, if looking at your space, maybe as a whole team, right? Maybe now I can't make the decision, but maybe my work team can come together or if you have to collaborate with others, depending on your space. And then what kinds of like loose parts are there? Are there other things that you can add? I mean, again, talk about research on creativity and problem solving and all those kinds of things. I think we've, we've seen um, that, you know, planks and, and logs that they can move. I mean, and if in, Think of what they do just with the gravel that's at the bottom of the slide, yes. right? I mean, it's, yes. it's, they're so excited. Um, yes. So any kinds of, of those things that you could maybe add to your space. We've, we, <laughs> we've used a lot of people have been redoing their decks around here. And we've yes. had some old sections of decking that we've brought in. And, oh, cool. And they, they build nests for eggs and roads. And, you know, again, just the, the creativity and the problem solving that comes with these open-ended materials. So maybe there's yes. something you can add there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. I love it because you feel kind of like a scrounge going around and looking for what's discarded by others, but kids are so creative. And when they're given the opportunity, they do come up with things. And those are the things that are usually really low cost. And also, who yes. cares? It's someone else's old decking. Yep. You know, it's not the center's prized block collection that you're going to get in a lot of trouble if you leave that out in the rain. Yeah. Understandably, yeah. you know, so I think mm-hmm. to think about, yeah, it is. And you are kind of a scrounge. It is kind of a fun, you drive down yeah. the road, like, Oh, someone's getting rid of their gutter. Yeah. All right. Let's make a ramp. You know, uh-huh. that's so great. <laughs> I love it. I think too. And, and, you know, family child care um, has the opportunity of having more leeway in how they want to set things up and leave things. And, you know, that amount of time to be out mm-hmm. there as well. So there are, you know, our listeners have kind of a wide range. And so I'm going to pose a question to all of you listening out there as you're thinking and listening and, and picturing your space, as you're listening to Joey talk about this, what are some areas that you look at in your outdoor space that you go, wow, this is so cool. I'm so glad I have this. And then where are their gaps when, you know, Joey's re- really focusing on some of those center options or those learning domains. What are some ways that you can beef that up? And um, 
as I'm, I'm just going to throw you a question here, Joey, because I'd love to know this as we kind of wrap up part one. So if you think back to all your years of teaching and working in outdoor space, do you have like a, one of those experiences that you set up where you go, oh my gosh, that gave me goosebumps every day watching the kids play in that. And that was like an, one of those all time faves. Oh. In the interest of time, I'll actually just say something cool that happened to me this week, um, yes. which is, which is an example of um, some of those loose parts that I was talking about. We have um, just some old sections of like plastic gutter and they've been making uh-huh. ramps for balls with them. So, you know, families who played golf, I guess, gave us old golf balls, what have you. So a group of kids collaborating together, figuring out how long they can make the balls go down this section that we have. And then it got to how high they could start it. We had some old crates they were building. So they're up, they're doing some risk taking. They're up on two crates stacked and dropping the ball down saying, here, I'll go get you the other one. And it's this like collaborative problem solving scientific engineering play that's just going on for, it was probably, we had to stop them. The day was ending. Wow. Oh, um, I love it. And it was all <laughs> kind of invented by them. It was, uh, yeah. It, yeah. So that's, that's a recent example, but it was, it was a delightful example of, of, um, what can happen with just a few extra things. Yes. Oh, I just, I, I am picturing that in my brain and thinking as, um, that, educator in that setting, the opportunity to have the joy that you are able to observe and see, and you see the wheels turning and just, and then, you know, we didn't even really touch on this. So maybe in part two, we can touch on this too, that risk-taking behavior. And sometimes I think when you have outdoor spaces with some of these items that maybe aren't approved, um, you know, the challenges of creating that safety space Mm -hmm. and open-ended learning opportunities Mm -hmm. that really comes back to adults being okay with it. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing sometimes mm-hmm. when we're used to, you know, not doing that. And I'll just throw out there for people who are, um, it's just one place to look, but there's a, 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 I don't know what they are, an entity called Nature Explore. Yes. And they, um, they give people ideas for where to start with some outdoor materials. It's not the only way to do it, but if somebody was looking for some additional ideas for, and they do talk about like, you should have opportunities to make music when you're outside. You should have, I mean, they have a pretty broad range of um, thinking about what you can have if you're thinking of it as an outdoor classroom. I'm sure anyone can find things that they need to on the internet these days, but that's one resource that, that is a kind of a quick stop for ideas. I like that one. We've used that one. We've actually included that in our e-update in, in past um, weeks as well. It, when we've talked about nature and learning and all of these topics. Well, Joey, we're going to wrap up this session and know that um, to our listeners that we're going to have Joey back for part two. Also, as usual, please follow us on social media. You can also look for um, more resources on this topic and many others on our website, inclusivechildcare.org. Joey has actually written a tip sheet for us on this topic as well. So that will... Um, Um, Actually, I think we loaded it this week, Joey, so I think it's available. And um, it's going to be fun to talk with you further about this really important topic about outdoor learning and experiences for kids. So thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.